Great. Um, okay, so I have been saved for eight years. And I guess I was a hard nut to crack because it took quite a bit to get me saved. Um, I've been through a lot of supernatural uh, things. So when I was a kid, you know, I didn't grow up with any kind of religion or anything like that. Um, I always wondered, though. It was always, I knew that there was something, and I knew that there was something in store for me with it. Um, Now, when I was 18, I got saved. But it didn't really do much to me. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm saved. Now what? You know, um, where's God? You know, nothing really happened with it. And I continued on with life. And when I was about 29, I got saved again. And same thing. It reminds me of, you know, the the parable of the sower with, you know, Matthew 13, um, you know, where the seeds are just, you know, fell by the wayside or, you know, um, the birds came and ate them or, you know, the sun burns them up. You know, that was me. Um then when I was about 30, 31, uh, my husband and I bought a foreclosure house to fix it up. And when we went in there, um, there was like a satanic star, you know, in, in the carpet, you know, on the floor. And, you know, there were some Baphomet stickers and wow. we just kind of laughed it off. I mean, I wasn't religious. I, I really didn't know what that meant. And just life went on as normal but then all these weird things started happening at that house um i think the kids they they found just weird things buried in the yard they found things hanging from trees i mean it was almost like something out of a you know horror movie or something um and then you know as time went on at that house it was like everything that could go wrong went wrong everything uh, you know, we had water problems. We had, you know, projects just could never get done. Um, people were fighting in the house. Uh, people would get sick. A lot of people would get sick and, you know, hospitalized. I mean, like my son had a ruptured appendix and he was hospitalized. And my spouse at the time, he broke his leg. I mean, just uh, all these bad things were happening. And I never could understand, like, why did all these bad things happen to me? You know, all these good things are happening to everybody else, but not to me. Um, my my youngest daughter, one of my youngest daughters, had night terrors that were like, I mean, I knew she was seeing something. I, I she was terrified. Um, very. There was something in her room. I, I mean, I, I don't doubt it. There was definitely something in there. Uh, my my son experienced, he said that there was an entity coming in his room. Uh-huh. Um, you know, then I started, that piqued my interest, and I started watching, like, the ghost shows back in, I don't know, 2008, 2009. You remember Ghost Hunters? Uh-huh. Um, there was another one, too, The Haunted. And I remember watching The Haunted and seeing these people who were getting haunted, you know, demonically. And I thought, wow, that's pretty crazy. And little did I know it was happening to me. You know, these little subtle things. Um, 
just how do I explain it? Just slowly, just really weird things were happening. Um, I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> anyway, well, Autumn, how uh, how how long did the how long did that go on? Uh, that started in 2008. Let's see, I, I kind of wrote this stuff down. Because, you know, it's been eight years. I don't really remember all of it. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. It's been about eight years. Well, that was longer because that was 2008. So that had been going on for quite a while. Um, at that time, let me see. I have my little timeline here. Okay. Let's see. My drafts. Let's see. Yeah, the ghost shows really, uh, looking back now, I mean, I didn't know back then, but looking back now, that like opened a doorway that you're not supposed to open. You know, when I was a kid, I played with the Ouija board too. So a lot. Yeah, at that house too, we had, um, my, my son told me that he experienced a reptilian entity and that, um, it was terrifying him in the night and this entity. So he put like baby powder on the floor and you could see like wow. hoof mark and it was bizarre. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty weird. So, so, so you believed your children? Yes. I saw it with my own two eyes. So I did believe them. Um, let's see. Yeah. It left hoof marks on the floor. Pets would disappear. Um, yeah, there was one time, uh, we slept out in our camper because it was just fun to do with the kids mm -hmm. and they had gone inside and I was there and there was something out there just shaking the camper and just, mm. it, it just freaked me out so bad. I, I couldn't even move. I didn't know what to do. Then, you know, I'm, I'm sitting I was laying on the couch one night and a bear comes walking in. I lived in the mountains at that time. Wow. Just walked into my house. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, I just froze. It, it, it took my trash and walked out. So I was like, okay, I'm good. Um, then in 2013, the family unit just completely just fell apart because what Satan does is he works. He wants to divide and conquer. So what he wants to do is just take you away, or he wants to take your family away from you. So that's exactly what happened. You know, everybody left. My daughter, who was, I think she was 16 at the time. She went and lived with my mom. My son, who was 14, ended up leaving. Um, my marriage broke apart. Next thing you know, I was alone. What a terrible thing to go through to be alone in the world and and you just don't know you you know something's not right um so next thing you know i'm living by myself and i have all these really weird just things happening all the time um i did like i felt okay you know what it reminded me of i hear people say that they are gang stalked um you know or they're a targeted individual that's exactly what I would say. And when I hear people talk about that, I'm like, that's demonic. That is, that's exactly what that is. Gang stalking is demonic. And it will mess with your phone. 
it will mess with your electronics. It will mess with, I mean, everything. My passwords were changing. I, I thought someone was stalking me. I thought maybe my ex was trying to get into my, you know, email and stuff. Um, then there was a moment where I felt like I was having just complete deja vu. And it's like the the world, everything just shifted into a different realm. And everything just took a turn. Like I, I just felt beat up. And it seemed like someone or something was coming into my apartment. Because at that time, then I moved by myself. I was living alone. And it felt like things were moved into in my place. It looked like there were scratches on the doorknob, like someone tried to break in or mm-hmm. um, bug parts were on my kitchen counters all over the place. It was really weird. Um, let's see what else I wrote down. There was an orb that would follow me everywhere I went. Wow. And it was small. Up in the sky, it would look like maybe, you know, a satellite now or something. It just, it moved all over town where I was. And I thought I was really tripping out. And and the thing, too, with this is that it starts taking your mind away. So this evil, this, this, this spiritual warfare is what it is. It can take your mind completely to where you believe all this stuff. You know, you. I don't know if anybody else can see it. I did have another person say they did see this orb that was following me around, mm-hmm. but they weren't saved. So I don't know. Maybe they could see it. Um, and then there were two orbs that would always just park outside my <laughs> window wow. that I could see. They were red and blue. Mm-hmm. It was so weird. Um, uh, what else did I experience over there? Just paranoia. I mean, when you start feeling like you're being watched. Wow. I mean, I felt like I was being watched all the time, all the time. And I could tell where it was coming from. And now that that building's vacant to this day, it's still vacant. So there's something to where the this demonic activity seats itself and, and watches you and, you know, harasses you. Um just uh, all my windows. So at one point too, my windows in my house became reflective. So I couldn't see outside. I could just see inside. And it was just so bizarre. So the things uh, that, so the things that happened in your original house, you, did they continued when you moved to an apartment? Yes. Oh yeah. They, they amplified, amplified completely. Um, you know that now I was secluded, right? So right. it it the the spiritual warfare could completely just attack me. Mm-hmm. And someone had mentioned to me that it sounded like black magic, and I shrugged that off. I'm like, oh yeah, right. You know, that's not. I don't. Yeah, right. That's pretty much what it could could have been. Um, I had my dog before I moved in the apartment by myself. Would, so I felt like there was something in my closet or something in the attic. Whoa. There was like something there. 
And my dog walked into my closet one day and just whimpered and turned around and left. So that was pretty wild. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's something in there. I'm like, it, she can sense it because there is something in there. Um, just really weird. Like, um, all of a sudden there'd be like these wet spots on my carpet everywhere or, you know, wet drywall, like my walls. It, it was mm -hmm. just. Hey, so, so, so I think, I think th that might be called ectoplasm. Ectoplasm. Yeah, it, it was really strange. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, one time I was listening to the radio and the radio show was talking, interviewing somebody and their story was exactly what I was going through. And I'm like, this is so weird. Like this cannot be. And I was wearing some red pants and they mentioned the red pants. I'm like, okay, this is heavy. But you know, at that, at that time too, my mind was getting taken and it felt like it. Like I felt like my mind was getting taken. It wasn't, I, I didn't feel clear minded anymore at all. Um, then, uh, you know, my patio outside in this apartment, you know, you have that feeling of being watched. And you know how fence boards are real close and you can't see really through them. So you have some privacy. And I swear these boards started coming like apart and wider and wider. And it, I'm like, yeah, this this is really strange. Then the person that was above me in my apartment, I never could figure out who was living there because the faces changed all the time. To this day, I wonder if, if it was vacant. The apartment above me could have been vacant. And wherever I'd walk in the apartment, it would walk real heavy above me. And so I would run around the apartment to see if, you know, it would run around the apartment. And it did. I started to think that that apartment complex that I lived in, which which was privately owned, it wasn't like just a normal apartment complex. It was more like a condominium type place. And like everybody there was just, I think they were into the same thing. Like they were going through the same thing I was. Um, let's see what else. My photos, every photo, when I see people with like blurry photos, I'm like, oh man, you better check your spiritual life because blurry photos, they mean something. It, mm -hmm. There's something going on there with the blurry photo. And it's mm -hmm. not, you know, of course you could take a bad photo and it's it won't be clear, but mm -hmm. there's something to it. And I would look back at my photos and I would see spiders in my hair. I mean, just really, wow. really creepy stuff. Anyway, I don't want to focus too much on that anymore. Um, what I'd like to focus on, so at that point in that apartment, I, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. And, and that's what it took. It's like spiritual warfare and Satan, when you really think about it, is just checks and balances, right? Because if, if he's checking and balancing you, it's like, well, you're doing this. I'm going to do that. And um, that's really what it is. Um, anyway, that's what I think. And I think the once saved, always saved. You know, there's people argue about that. And 
I have to say, it's one saved, you are always saved because I've been through it. You know, I got saved when I was 18. I got saved again when I was 29. He wasn't going to let anybody snatch me out of his hand. He did what he had to do to get my attention so that I would be born again. And let me tell you, I fell to my hands and knees in that apartment. And I cried out to Jesus. And I swear to God, the room completely lightened up. The heaviness went away. It it was supernatural. Right then and there, it was supernatural. Um, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, when I got saved and, and I asked God, I said, I know what I have been experiencing is really, it, it, there has to be an explanation. And he did. He showed me within a couple of days what was going on. Oh, and I met an angel. I talked to an angel named oh. Emmanuel. Wow. I didn't even know what the name Emmanuel meant. And it was about a month before I got saved. He had been following me around. And I asked, he approached me, and I said, you've been following me around. And he said, I have. And I, I said, what are you doing? And he, it, it was really strange. He, he said, he was really tall. He was about six, five, six, I'm five, four. I think he was really tall to me. It was quite odd. Um, he had told me that I need to get my life together and that what I was experiencing was a facade. And I said, I I know I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm coming to Jesus. I'm, I'm giving my soul to Jesus. And I did a month later. And I saw him around after I got saved a couple times, and then I never saw him again. When you, when, uh, when, when you, when you got freed there, did you smell roses or anything? Some people say no. they did. No, I just, the brightness in the room just completely changed. Okay. Really did. And so how did you know he was an angel? I didn't know until later. About six months later, I was reading the Bible. And I saw, he told me, his, I asked him his name. He told me his name was Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. And he said it very thick accent. And he was tall and dark. He looked, he looked like, uh, he looked like Jesus would look. I mean, he did. Not exactly. But he did. And so after I get saved, yeah, he, sh he showed me what was going on. And then I realized, so to humble yourselves. I mean, God wants you to give your life over to him a hundred percent completely. And when you completely are at your rock bottom and there's nothing else, you know, I guess that's what it took for me. You know, I guess it doesn't take everybody that much, but it took me that much. And I don't know why I, I don't know why I had to experience those things. I mean, maybe he wanted me to see that other, you know, spiritual realm because mm -hmm. I, I believe it. I've seen it. I, I know it. I mean, it, it's real. Um, I, I don't really know, but um, let's see what else did I want to say after that. Um, 
the deception. I mean, the deception with that experience. I mean, I call it my wilderness, and that's what it it was. I really thought certain things. I mean, I really thought people were watching me. I really thought that, you know, behind my back, you know, people were, you know, had maybe the key to my car and was getting into my car. And, you know, I, I thought, I really thought people were conspiring and I wanted to know who they were. Mm-hmm. It, wasn't, it wasn't anybody. It it was spiritual warfare. I mean, that's all it was. Um. Then, you know, the the deception, though, it's heavy. I mean, it's almost like a thing, an entity of itself. The deception was just so, I mean, and what's coming on this earth and what people will find out when they're not saved, what's what's about to happen on this earth? I mean, people are getting deceived right now. Hey, uh, uh, Autumn, we have a question from Bear. Uh, okay, Bear. He says, uh, thank you for your testimony. You're awesome. How did you find the edge? Um, I started watching the good question. I think it was either Professor Truth that you had on, or it might have been Zen Garcia. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching ever since. Mm-hmm. And that was a long time ago. Jeez. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Twenty so so, so so Autumn, so we've had uh a variety of guests through the years and clearly some of them are completely lost and now from what you've been through, do you recognize signs from like when they're on the show and I'm talking to them and you hear things, do you, do you recognize where they're at sometimes? Oh, totally. Yeah, I do. You know, especially a lot of these new age people, they're so, I mean, the, I think new agers really have a chance. I mean, they may not get saved, but they really, you know, they, they always talk about the creator and, you know, the love and all this stuff. And it's like vibration, the vibration. And there is vibration. I mean, I believe in that. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Rocks. Go ahead. Rocks. Uh, not rocks. I mean, I, I don't believe in, <laughs> I used to like, you know, after I got so, saved, I kind of got sucked into the new age realm, yeah. like easily. So you, so you were saved twice in the third time you had an experience. Is that what I'm hearing? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, I gotta let my dog in. Okay. Sorry. All right, let the dog in. He's scratching right. at the dog. And that's good because Bear had a dog thing. Where's the doggy at? Uh, my dog. Oh. I have a little Shih Tzu. He's okay. down here. Okay. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I almost got sucked into New Age after I got saved. I did because I'm like, you know, all this, you know, magical stuff was happening and these supernatural things were happening. Um, oh, right after I got saved too. Literally a night or two later. I got strangled in my sleep and was fighting off witches and warlocks and they were trying to strangle me and I I just I fought them off with all I had and it, it took about it took a few months to get everything just you know it, it took a while for me to recover from all that and it but you know what God is the restorer of all things he really really is he restores all things. And, you know, he gave me that childlike, you know, he says everyone must be born again like a little child. Mm-hmm. I, I've experienced that. I, I have. I, I went through that. And, um, you know, right after I got saved, the blood moons were going on. So do you remember those? Mm. Yeah. The tetrad of blood moons. And so mm-hmm. I really thought we were getting raptured, like mm, that yeah. blood moon. Seen that one. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, you know, then uh, as I started over and I got a new place and stuff like that, um, it was really interesting. The house I moved into had an Exodus uh, garage company sticker in bright green. It says Exodus. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And then every room had a crystal angel in it. And I had two daughters at that time mm-hmm. that lived with me. And there were three crystal angels. It, it was really neat. It was cool. So I, I've experienced all these little things, too. So, so so you look at those as sort of a confirmation type of thing. Well, I just thought that's pretty interesting that I move in this new house. I'm starting over. And, the, you know, there's a sticker that says Exodus. And then, you know, all the rooms. Mm-hmm. Why is there a mm-hmm. crystal angel in there? Mm-hmm. It just... And three of them, and there's three of us, so it was just weird. Um, and then there was a point too before, like after I got saved, and you know everybody abandoned me. Everyone thought I was crazy. I don't blame them. You know I was at that mm-hmm. time. I, I was crazy at that time. Um, you know, and I, I was crying, and I, you know I was very sad. I'd lost everything to this deception from Satan, and I. Where I experienced a hug from Jesus literally came out of in front of me and hugged me. And, you know, I was crying that no one loved me. And he, he hugged me and said, I will always love you. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow, that was cool. <laughs> you know? How long ago was that, Autumn? That was right after I got saved. So 2015. Mm-hmm. 2015. And, you know, there's other stuff that still happens to this day. I mean, God does stuff. He works for the good for us all day, every day. I mean, all the little things. You know, I don't have anything bad happen to me anymore. I mean, it it rarely. I mean, every day is pretty darn good. (laughs) Okay. He really does protect us and watch after us. So... You got to figure there's some people in the live chat that may may be experienced some of the things that you are going on in their life. So, what would be your suggestion to them if if they are having sort of these attacks? I mean, how would you? What, what's your experience say to, to tell them? You know, this world truly is purgatory. You know, I mean, I'm not a Catholic or anything. This time that you're here right now, which is real short, is your time to make a decision. Either you're with God or you're not. And the Bible is true. And Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and the life. And he he is. Everything, that Bible is supernatural, man. You read that thing, it, it is so intertwined and layered. And it, it's just amazing. And it's never ending. I mean, you could you could live a thousand years and not totally know the bible i mean it's it's an amazing book um you know anybody experiencing you know i was i really feel bad for people who think that they are a targeted individual because that's not what's happening it's not it you are getting gang stalked by demons Hmm. and you need to repent and you need to get saved before it's too late because what they want to do is take your life they want to take your life and they want your soul before you repent and call on the Lord. Mm. Right now, I mean, look at the times that we're in. Tell mm. me this is not the end times the Bible told us about. I mean, it's 
It's pretty crazy right hey, now. All right, Autumn. Hey, we have out of the live chat, you recognize this name, Grumpy Old Army Vet. Uh, okay, I do. Hi there. He says, uh, Autumn, have you uh, remarried? And if so, is he a man of God sent you to help you through your journey? Oh, nice question. Uh, no, I have not remarried. I did get divorced. But we are friends, and we live in separate houses, and we're not in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We have kids together and a business together, so okay. Okay. that's it. Okay. No, and he's not a man of God, that's for sure. He's okay. not. He still thinks I'm crazy with all this stuff. <laughs> all right, here's another name you'd recognize, Seven Mile Bridge. You like to say hello to them? Hello, Seven Mile Bridge. You know, this is so interesting. I I realized somebody watching the show maybe say, hey, we wanted a, 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 a Amazon best-selling uh, book author on the program, you know, or somebody's going to tell us about the depths of hell. But but what we're what we're hearing is something that's more important, and that's your personal story and your 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 walk from where you were and the life you lived to the life that you live now, and uh, that has a that makes more difference in somebody's lives than if I brought somebody who can tell you what e plural uh, e mc squared means. I mean, who knows what that means? But anyway, Seven Mile Bridge says, did you have any demonic activity in your family background? Well, that's another thing. I I don't think so that I know about, but that is a good point. You bring up generational curses, which you have to break those because you there can be stuff going on generations past that you have to break, and you have the power to do that in Jesus' name. And that's the other thing is the power. I think what Satan tries to hide from us is our power. I mean, we are kings and priests in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And we have authority and we can use it. We can use it all day long. So, I mean, I was going somewhere else with that, but we have power and authority. And I think that, you know, the power of prayer is supernatural mm-hmm. in itself. Um, forgiveness, that's another great big thing. I mean, after I got saved, to realize, okay, here's what I was going to say, the forgiveness, because Jesus forgives us of everything, everything. And, you know, and I see people who hold grudges against, oh, my ex did this or someone did that. And it's like, so what? Move on. Pray for them. Because if they don't repent and get saved, you know. We need to pray for them because it's not going to be pretty when they die. And it's eternal. It's forever. But, you know, when you think Jesus really is a true love story because he knocks at your door so many times like he did me. And, you know, I kind of peeked in. I didn't quite let him in. You know, it's a total love story. He will knock only so many times and then he'll go away. He doesn't want to pester you. He doesn't want to bother you. And that's that's that. He'll leave you alone, which is a really sad thing. You do not want that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Phil from the live chat says, Autumn, do you spend your daily quiet time with the Lord in reading his word for comfort and learning? I do. I spend a lot of time reading, you know, due diligence, study. I watch a lot of videos. Mm-hmm. You know, videos are nice for me because I can listen in the background while I'm doing something else. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, really? Hey, do you ever you ever listen to the ads while you're while you're doing something else? I sure do. You better believe it. <laughs> do Do you know why I'll have an occasional new ager on the show? Why? Because Jesus came for the sick. He came to the hospitals. He didn't come for the well. And I feel if we don't have a conversation with the lost souls, if somebody doesn't say hello, if somebody doesn't give them uh, some respect and, you know, and then show that being uh, close to the Lord doesn't make you a prude or a a party pooper or, a, a you know, just a, a hateful person, it maybe if they could hear a conversation with somebody would say, well, no, by the end of the show where I stand. But if I don't have them on the show, if I don't talk to them, if I don't keep the line open, I, I will never be able to plant that seed into their life. That's why they're on the show. That's good. Yeah, keep and, it up. I mean, and, and more, Autumn, I would yeah. I ask, and I hope that the people in a live chat, because I am not the, the ultimate of questioners of all time, but yeah. if people in the live chat understand that they, their question to the guest um, might just be the question that moves them to investigate and move closer in the right direction. So I hope, I'm always looking for questions from the live chatters, that they they will see what what I'm really up to and uh, they can help help with the mission. Yeah, and you know there's there's archaeological evidence that backs up the Bible. There's so the Dead Sea Scrolls. There's historical evidence, you know, written evidence. Um, there was that archaeologist. I can't remember his name. He found the ark and just all kinds of stuff. And then there's uh, is Genesis history. That's a great documentary uh -huh. uh, geology itself look around the geology shows there was a great flood hmm. um okay yeah. well well autumn we got a final question for you and this is from another name that you'll recognize this is fun you're on the camera side this is from rose renoff oh okay hi rose <laughs> isn't that great uh, yeah. uh said so, autumn did you say people were practicing witchcraft or something in your apartment building she said i i missed what you said Oh, um, I don't think in my apartment building, I think, I don't know where the witchcraft came in at. I mean, I think it, it could be part of the reason my marriage kind of broke up was another woman. And I kind of think that she was doing it. Mm. And I think that's what broke up our, our marriage. And, uh, you know, I have way more stuff with that. I mean, there's so much more to this story. But, you know, I don't like to focus on that kind of bad stuff. But I think that was it. I mean, there are women out there who are out to, you know, devour. And that's what they like to do. I don't know if she was a witch or not. I, I don't know. I, I think someone else was doing it to me. And I think when you're not saved, you're an open door. It's like, go ahead. You know, if you have, if you're saved and you have the blood of Jesus, that stuff can't touch you. It cannot touch you. Mm. So I, I have my speculations about that, but okay, um, I wasn't practicing witchcraft or anything like that. No. All right, Autumn. Any, anything else you'd like to say to anybody in the live chat or uh, people watching uh, the program? I appreciate you listening, and I had a rough start, and I was nervous. So thank you for hanging in there. If you're still watching. I appreciate it. Um, I think that's about it. I mean, just if you're contemplating Jesus, here's here's the final thing. Ask him to show himself to you. I, invite him into your life. 
and pay attention to what's going on around you and he will show himself. He will. He'll do it. Hmm. He will. He loves all of us equally. All right. Well, uh, Autumn from Al- Albuquerque, I appreciate you coming on the edge and I appreciate all the all the time that you've spent in the chat and uh, and watching the program being a supporter of the show and uh uh, I think your testimony is very important. As I've mentioned the last couple, few weeks, how that uh, I love that scripture in Revelations that says, "They loved not their life, um, and they um, shared their testimony, and they believed in the blood of Jesus." And there is a special place in heaven for those people that come that do that. So, oh, well, is there? I never yeah. really realized that. Really? Yeah, but yeah. They, it says, uh, I think. Uh, one of the apostles or somebody's in heaven, they say, well, who who are these people? And they say, these are the ones that love not their life to death and believe okay, shared their testimony. So, yeah, look yeah. that up. I may pop it up in the background here. But anyway, I appreciate you doing that. Maybe it'll inspire some others. And uh, Autumn, I'll let you jump back into the live chat, and then you can watch, well, you you can watch Kentucky, Kentucky Girl. All right, bye. All right. All right, well, there you go. That is uh, That was uh, Autumn from Albuquerque sharing her um, testimony. And now we're going to switch over to Kentucky Girl. Uh, This is a groundbreaking show, and I really appreciate these two ladies coming on the program to do this. And so uh, we're going to tune in here with um, Kentucky Girl, and she has a testimony, so we'll get her on the line here in a second. She's going to pop in. Yeah, we can see just fine. You look look good there, Kentucky Girl. (laughs) Thank you. Sounds good to hear and I appreciate you coming on. I know it, it took a lot for you ladies to do this, but uh, you know what? It seems to me that your desire to share your testimony and to help others just kind of overcomes our our, uh, our nervousness about it. You know how I am. I'm just down home. I'm just cowboy. And, and I, I, I <laughs> so it's not like anyway. So I appreciate you. So you heard Autumn's testimony. Boy, what a story. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was interesting. I'd love to hear a whole lot more about that. Well, I you, bet she, I bet she could talk for hours about how she, what she went through and getting free from all that demonic stuff. Okay, well, I tell you what. This, so uh, again, I appreciate you coming uh, into the real here from a chat to an actual. Now you can the the chatters can see and listen to you, and I see that they really got thanks going in the live chat for Autumn. Well, anyway, tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, we want to hear about your testimony. Well. Um, I, I've been saved and uh, filled, I'm, I'm what they call full gospel, speaking in tongues, filled with the Holy Ghost for 49 years. So when I was thinking about what I wanted to tell, there are so many different things that have happened over the years. I just, I don't, I'm going to depend on you and the chat and, and, and God to help me know which path to go down. Yeah. But, but I grew up in, um, in a Southern Baptist church in Georgia, South Georgia, a small town. My mom was um, the church pianist and also the church soloist. So I was at the church all the time. Um, And, you know, I grew up with that. But even as a child, I was very uh, disturbed by what I saw in the church. Um, Children are so innocent. They take things um, very seriously. You know, they believe what you tell them. And um, I was disturbed because I didn't think they believed in the supernatural God. You know, I heard them one time praying for um, somebody to get well, and I kept waiting for somebody who was in the hospital. And I kept waiting for them to pray for them to be healed, and they never did do that. They prayed for 
you know, a, a good nurse and all that kind of stuff, a comfortable room and everything, but they never ask God to heal the person. And then also one time I remember, and I, I was probably seven, six or seven when I heard these things, but uh, I remember a sermon on all the miracles that God did when he was getting the Israelites out of Egypt. And uh, But when the pastor got through with the sermon, he said, of course now, God doesn't do those miracles for us today. You know, and I was like, what? Why wouldn't he? You know, why is he doing it for them and he won't do it for us? So anyway, that kind of went on. When I was 16 years old, I finally decided that those people didn't know God at all. I mean, they probably did. But in my mind, the God I was looking for, I wasn't finding. And uh, I remember sitting on my bed and just totally rejecting everything I'd ever been taught. Uh, I remember those moments and the words. I don't even want to say them again, but... I thought, I want to empty my head of everything I've been taught, and I want to find God. So I started on a search for God. I got him mixed up in um, all kinds of occult stuff. Um, I stayed away from anything that was labeled satanic because I, you know, I wasn't ready to risk that. But what I didn't understand is that everything occult that isn't of God is satanic. You know, so I was um, testing horoscopes for money. Um, I was trying to learn how to do tarot cards, and I felt something. One day I was really trying to get in the spirit, and I felt something moving through my feet and up through my body, and I was terrified. I thought whatever, it felt so evil, and whatever it was, I felt if it reached my head, I would die. But apparently it reached my head. I didn't die. I got up and ran downstairs and joined my family like normal life. But I'm sure at that point I became demon-possessed. Um, oh. I've always been very in, very intuitive. I, I knew there was a supernatural God, so, uh, but I, I didn't understand that everything supernatural was not God. <laughs> so anyhow, to make a long story short, um, God, of course, my family was praying for me and everything, and God was after me all my life. Um, I did a lot of things, like I went to... Um, different pastors of different denominations and ask them for conferences and I'd ask them questions like, well, what is the blood thing all about? And, you know, that none of them really could ever give me answers. Uh, I remember one pastor, he said, all I can tell you is one day you'll understand. <laughs> I thought, well, that's, that's nice. But anyway, so I, I continued my search and I got mixed up in the New Age movement and uh, philosophy and I... Um, I read, like, The Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow by Constance Cumbie. Some of you may know that book. I don't know, but it's really interesting. And I got into philosophy, The Road Less Traveled, and all kinds of things like that. I, I followed Edgar Casey, who was a psychic, and Jean Dixon, who was a psychic. I was just mixed up. I believed in reincarnation. And I was just really mixed up. But anyway, um, one time... I, w I was staying up late, and the TV was on. And also, I want to say, I was into any horror movie that you could. I loved horror movies. I never missed them. And so anything like that, I was just very much into it. And um, I was up late one night. It was really late, like maybe 3 in the morning or something. And the TV was on, and a man was on the TV, and uh, he was standing in front of a great big clock, and he was talking and he was saying things like so-and-so and the red dress is being healed of such and such a disease and 
and who it was was Pat Robertson, and he was operating in the gifts of the Spirit. He was praying, and he was saying things that God was doing. And I'd never seen anything like that in my life. And when I, and even now, it almost makes me cry because that moment when I saw that, I knew I had. I just knew this is what I've been looking for. And it was it was this Christianity that had a supernatural God. And I just fell to my knees and wept that night. I just wept and wept because my long search had ended. And um, that really was how I got saved. There are lots of other things that happened prior to that, but you know we don't have time for all that. But anyway, so I. Uh, but the thing is, after I got saved, of course, God had a lot of work to do to get me cleaned up. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. And I, I wanted to say that I, I'm going to tell some things God did for me. But, you know, he would do those things for anybody. It isn't how much he loves people that, met, that makes the difference, but it's how much they love him and how much they'll go to him and trust him. And I think we're kind of taught not to bother God, you know, and stuff. And and I just want to say that God, the things that God has done for me, he will do for anyone who comes to him. And uh, he's no respecter of persons. And also, I, God is, I want to say too, he had to teach me this, and I just want to pass this on in case someone hadn't thought about it. But God is a creator, so he doesn't have to ration things out. You know, he, he has enough. And so if you need something, he isn't going to take it away from somebody else to give it to you. He can create it. Uh, so he, you don't have to worry. And uh, I, I'm not saying God was speaking to me, but a lot of times you do hear from God. That's the whole thing is you, you want to get in a relationship with God. That's that's what that's what true salvation is. Uh, and then you do you so, do hear from God. So so Kentucky girls, is this the book that you you're talking about? Uh, that yes. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. How come you've got that book there? Kamikaze Cowboy. I gotta have that book. <laughs> yeah, it's really good information for I tell you, really send John a path. But anyway, um, but God, uh, God creates, and he he caused me to know. I, I would say he said to me, it came into my head that I should not ever be ashamed of anything he gives me or does for me. Because he can create, it's not it's not hurting anybody else, and he's just doing what he does, which he wants to bless his people, and he wants us to prosper as much as we can, as long as it won't interfere with our spiritual growth and relationship with him. So I had a lot of problems. I couldn't even pray, because every time I tried to pray, uh, I would hear awful things in my head. I thought it was me doing it. I mean, just terrible stuff would come into my mind, so I would quit praying immediately. And I, I tried, every time I tried to pray, that happened. Finally, uh, when I was trying to pray, I heard something so horrible that I knew I didn't think of it because I could have never thought of it. And that's when I got, I figured out, oh, these are demons talking. This is not me. So I told God, I said, if you'll ignore it, I'll ignore it. And so I prayed, and after one or two times, I didn't hear the voices anymore. But I had to I had to get so I could pray. I couldn't turn the lights off. I was scared. I had so much demonic activity in my life. I was very frightened all the time. And I couldn't be in the dark. Um, 
And so I would go to bed at night with my Bible, you know, and I'd be quoting scripture and everything because I was scared. And I always had a light on. And then uh, one morning I woke up and I was awake and I heard angels singing right over me. They were like really close. I could hear them singing, holy, holy, holy. And I had such a peace. I've never been afraid since then of the dark. So then I was delivered from, from that so I could... I could uh, be in the dark, and then another. Am I? I'm just not even taking a breath. <laughs> Interrupt me if you want to. <laughs> no, this is great. Keep talking. <laughs> well, another thing that um, well, my mind just went blank. I knew that well, let, let, let me let me let me. Well, here, let me ask you, Kentucky girl. Um, what type of demonic activity? You mentioned it several times, but what what type? What's happening? Well. The, the thoughts, the the I, thoughts and stuff, or was there what does it mean? I I have I have seen demons. I I've also had a lot of angelic encounters, which I'll tell you about too. But I, okay. I I have seen demons. I um I like I told you I couldn't pray. Um, what else? What I I would go in a room and lights would go off. People didn't want me around. Stuff like that. It was just mm-hmm. I was very. Uh, you know, psychic, and I still kind of am, but it's the Holy Spirit now. You know, when you said, you know, when you said, uh, Kentucky girl, when you said uh, you heard the angels singing right above you, and you had a almost an exhilaration there of deliverance, it kind of reminded me of of Autumn in the first hour saying that she got a hug from uh, uh, Jesus. Yeah. You know, the, a moment, a moment where you're released or you're you're you know you see such a powerful experience such a powerful super, supernatural God moment that it changes you, it sounds like. Yes, it does change you. I, I've had, I, 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 he changed me so much. As a matter of fact, right after I got saved, I remember walking down the hallway in my house and I was trying to think about something. I was trying to think about reincarnation and I, I realized I didn't believe it anymore. And I thought, what? You know, then I thought about I thought, I have a whole new brain. I threw myself on the bed and laughed and rolled back and forth thinking, wow, this is normal. What I had before was not normal. But I actually got a new brain, I think. He I, he just cleaned my brain up. Of course, you still have a lot to do after that, but I was majorly changed when I got saved. But um, I wish I keep, oh, I wanted, when Autumn told that, I wanted to tell something God did for me. Because I, when I got saved, I was on my second, I was getting ready to face my second divorce. And uh, I didn't think I could live through it. And, of course, back then, that was really bad to be divorced, especially twice. And um, I didn't, I just felt like, and so anyway, I I decided I was going to kill myself. I, I made the decision to kill myself. The next thought would have been how, and I did hear a voice. The Lord actually spoke to me in an audible voice, a male voice. I heard the Lord speak, and he spoke and quoted the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I will not want. And and it was like you said, it was like revelation. I knew that somehow everything was going to be all right. I had complete peace came over me. And, uh, of course, I didn't kill myself, but uh, I was delivered from that thought. But, you know, God is just, God is so... Uh, wonderful, but there's so many things I wanted to tell. But one thing I wanted to tell is about finances, because everybody's got financial problems, and I know that 
now it's getting worse and worse with the economy and everything. And I want people to know two things that I experienced. One thing, I used to work at Teen Challenge, which was a, a ministry. I don't know if you all remember it. The Cross and the Switchblade was a famous book by David Wilkerson. He was a famous minister. And they would take teenagers off the streets that were drug addicts and give them a place to stay and get them delivered and all. And uh, I've seen people delivered from heroin just like that, just as soon as they got prayed for. I've seen that a couple of times. But anyway, um, I'm having trouble. I'm getting nervous, I guess. Oh, I've got too many no, things no, running don't, through don't, my don't, don't get nervous. You're doing great, man. You're, you're really engaging, and I'm, I'm learning quite a bit. And I'm sure everybody in the live chat is rooting for you. Everybody say hello to to Kentucky girl. <laughs> you know how it is. I mean, it's, it's all right. And uh, Autumn, did, Autumn did great. You're doing fine. Let me, let me so, so you, you had demonic activity and you got mixed up in this and that and things coming against you. But now you're talking about uh, the, the financial end, which there is a lot of, lot of scriptures that talk about prosperity. Uh, you know, it's a give and it should be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together so much so that you cannot contain it those kinds of blessings and promises you're saying that you believe it or have experienced that absolutely absolutely anything anything we need god will take care of and i think in the times coming it's crucial that we know that and that you reminded me of what i was going to say uh, when i was at team challenge all of the food I, I was the cook there and i had to cook for everybody that was in the house there were about 16 people in there and the food that i cooked had to be donated so it was all donations we never knew what kind of food we were going to have and uh, and so sometimes we didn't have what we needed and a couple of times the one time i remember we all were at lunch we always had soup for lunch because we had whatever was left over would make it into soup for lunch but uh we needed some sugar and so we all prayed together for God to give us some sugar. And I'm telling you, before we got up from the table, some people rang the doorbell and they came, they had boxes full of bags of sugar. And that, that is God. And he did stuff like that several times. And then also I was in death uh, at a, I wasn't in Teen Challenge when this happened, but um, anyway, I was living a normal life. I was working at a bank. And I, I, you know, I didn't make very much money and I could, couldn't afford to have an apartment and a car. I had to have one or the other. And I had credit card debt and uh, I was very disturbed because I didn't see any future for me financially or any way to move ahead. And I was really praying about it. And I got a book, uh, I don't know if you've seen them, it's a book called The Promise Book. And they have scriptures gathered together by subject. Mm -hmm. So I had one of those and I got it out. And I was in my apartment, and I turned to the financial section, and I started reading all the scriptures that where God said he would take care of us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's so many. God said, I'll give you, I'll give the power to gain wealth. I lift one up, I put another down. You know, and he promised to meet all of our needs. All of your needs are met according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And so I started reading these scriptures, and I got all wound up, I guess anointed, and I decided I was going to preach to Satan. I told him to sit down in the chair and listen. <laughs> and I preached to him about an hour. I went, I mean, it just flowed out of me. And I, I read those scriptures and boy, I preached it. And do you know, right after that, like not that day, but that like that week, I'll say, I don't know exactly, but it was real soon after that. I got a phone call 
from a man who was in a prayer meeting I went to, and he didn't know that I was doing that or anything. He said, Sharon, he said, how much money do you owe? Because the Lord told me to pay off all your debt. Wow. And, yeah. And I and so I, I told him he paid it all off and never, ever said a word to me about it ever after that. Hmm. Well, that's, the kind, that's just, the kind of God I want to know about. Hey, hey, uh, Kentucky girl, we've got uh, some... Uh, People in here, Tony in Louisiana says, hello, K Kentucky girl, love you. Uh, Seven Mile Bridge, <laughs> um, Seven Mile Bridge, you're doing great, uh, Kentucky girl, thank you. Uh, uh, Robert Griffin, hello, Kentucky girl, glad to see you. Where do you live in Kentucky? You don't have to answer that if you don't want. You can generalize. If you, if <laughs> well, you, I don't if live you... in Kentucky now. I live in Indiana, but I just oh, I can't. You can't oh, you came to the good state. Okay, the good yeah. there. And then we got uh, Bear, the Bear. Uh, says awesome job, Kentucky girl. You're doing great, and uh, so there's there's yeah, a lot of good. Different. And by the way, speaking of the live chat, welcome, believe Bill, Marcia, 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 Marcia. Oh, Australian been in the house, nine lives, and Robert Griffin all back. So so your story, you're saying then that uh, that that there's no there's no lack in God's kingdom. Right, He's a creator. He He has whatever He needs. He creates it. <laughs> and he yeah. sounds like he created quite quite a thing for you. And so your life changed. Now, how? Uh, let me ask the question that Bear asked uh, uh, Autumn in Albuquerque. Um, uh, it, how long? How long? Or how did you find the edge? Well, you know, I was I, I was thinking about that when he asked Autumn. I um, I used I don't know. I was roaming the internet and found. But I'll tell you why I got in chat. It's the only chat room I've ever gotten into. I did try to get in one other, but I didn't do it. I backed out. Um, the reason I got in your chat was, first of all, I noticed that the people were nice in your chat, which a lot of chats are just awful. And then, But I also noticed I didn't have to register or anything. I could just start typing. And I, I was real big on privacy, didn't like to put my name out, so I wouldn't have done it if I'd have had to go when my email was and all that. But I didn't have to do anything. I just had to start typing, so I did. And and it's been one of the biggest blessings in my life. I love this show. I love the people in chat. Um, I've got a lifelong friend that I actually met in chat uh, from your chat. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's just been wonderful. And I think mm -hmm. having an opportunity to tell people, you know, I have so many things God has done for me. And I, I hear people testifying, and I always think, well, I can I can do better than that, you know, I, and then I never did, and I've always felt so guilty because all these things he did, and I'm not talking about it, I'm not telling, and so I thought, you know what, I I need to take advantage of the opportunity Daniel just gave us, so that's why I'm doing this. Oh, all right, put y'all away first. Is there a name you recognize? It's so interesting. Now you're on the other, you're on, you're in the camera side yeah. talking <laughs> to the chatters. Uh, have uh, have you ever had visits? from or seen angels yes um i was i i have a, some notes here about some angel things i wanted to say uh one of my best uh experiences with angels was i was very very upset one night over a relationship and i mean i was distraught i was crying it was late i was on the phone with a friend of mine who was a christian and I was sitting in the kitchen in the dark on the phone, and I had a sensation that someone had come up behind me, 
and it was so real that I actually turned to look to see who it was. And when I turned, the girl on the phone said, now, Sharon, she said, there's an angel that's just come up behind you. And she said, yeah. And I knew because I had just turned to see. I felt something come up behind me. And, and uh, she said, that angel's name is Comfort. And she said, every time the pain gets so bad that you think you can't stand it anymore, you just call out the name Comfort, and that angel will take your pain away. Wow. And I did that, and it worked. Uh, I just recently had a friend whose son died. Um, they found him dead uh, in, from a fentanyl overdose. And uh, I told her that story. Because I believe there's an angel named Comfort that we can call on that will take our pain away. He literally took that awful pain where you think you can't stand it. He just took it away. It would come back and he'd take it away again. Wow. So also, um, also I had another experience. I've had several experiences with angels, but I had another one that I know was an angel. I didn't see the angel, but I was driving home on a snow-covered road, and uh, everybody was trying to get home from work. The snow was pouring down, and my car started to go over the side of the road, uh, over an embankment, and I screamed out, Jesus, and my car immediately went back on the road, and the peace of God came over me like a blanket, and I just know that an angel, you know, touched me or something. It was the most amazing. Not only did he save me from crashing, but he took all that fear and upset away. You know, it was just so calm. I I can't tell you how much I love God and and what is available to us. You know, we don't bother God with with how we think we shouldn't ask for things. I ask God for everything. I think God <laughs> wants us to relate to Him on a on a like we would a friend. Or anybody that you talk to, you know, your your mate, if you get a bad, if you have a bad day, you come home and you say so. Or if you feel bad, you say so. Or if you want something, you say so. Well, why shouldn't we be having that kind of relationship with God? You so, know, so, I mean, he can talk to you if you want. Okay, okay so, so Kentucky Girl, uh, Autumn Autumn said she her angel was uh, Emmanuel, and then yours is uh, the comfort uh, Angel, and by the way, uh, Autumn has a question for you. It says, uh, "So, how long were you in New Age before you got saved?" Uh well, I was. Let's see, that would be eight years. It was eight years. Eight years. Wow. Before I, it took eight years before I got saved. All right, Virgin, yeah. Virginia boy. Now, this is a pet question because. Uh, uh, Autumn has had a little dog she had to let in. Do you have? And so uh, Virginia Boy says, do you have any pets? I do. I have two cats, um, two tuxedo cats, a male and a female. And as a matter of fact, one of the, the stories I wanted to tell was my big cat, the male cat. He got sick and God healed him. I wanted to tell about that because okay. I know God did this. Cause, can I tell? Do I have time to tell? Oh yeah, sure you do. Um. He got really sick, and, you know, they disappear when they get sick. So he went somewhere in the house for about three days, and he wasn't eating or drinking. Mm -hmm. And he, when I found him, he was in really bad shape. And I took him to the vet, and they said that they thought he had a, a something with fleas, which they didn't have any fleas, but that's what the only thing they could figure. So they treated him for that, and they gave him uh, intravenous fluids. Okay. So because he got water, he was feeling better. 
So he was okay for a few days, and then it started happening again. And I prayed. I prayed so hard. I I, I told my friends, I said, I'm ashamed because I don't know if I ever prayed for a human as hard as I prayed for that cat. But I prayed so <laughs> hard for God to heal that cat. And one day, and he disappeared for a few days. And then one day I was sitting in the kitchen, and he came up um, real weak next to me. And he wanted me to feed him. And I thought, wow, you know, this is great. So I fed him. And when I got up and went in the living room, I found I found what was a, a hairball mm-hmm. that was about that long. It was huge. And it was hard as a rock laying on the floor. And I really believe the good Lord pulled that thing out of him. And that's what was killing him. Mm. So, so yeah. <laughs> well, you, 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 and, you and Jada get along really well. You know, she's a cat person. Yeah. I love dogs too, but dogs are a lot of trouble, so I don't have a dog. <laughs> okay, so all right, Kentucky girl. So you uh, you've been walking with the Lord, and He's very real to you. Now you know there's people in maybe in the live chat, maybe watching, and maybe aren't as close or are not experiencing some of the sort of miraculous parts that you've been talking about. Is it possible? Are you are you special, or you think that God just God does that for a lot of different people? I don't think I'm special at all. As a matter of fact, God's had a hard time convincing me that, you know, that it's hard to be loved when you haven't been loved very much. You know, I think a lot of people experience that. Um, And I'm a therapist, so I know a lot of people experience that. But uh, because I hear it a lot. But um, God, I really think, like I said before, the difference is that we don't go to him. We feel we're not worthy. We feel we're like a bunch of sinners. You know, I would tell people, no matter what you're into, don't worry about it. You can't get cleaned up before you meet God. Just go ahead. If you want to know God, go ahead and get to know him, you know, and you'll you'll find out what he wants you to change and what he doesn't want you to change. And he'll make you able to do it. Not only that, you'll want to do it because you'll fall so in love with him. You know, it's it, you just have to let it be a natural thing of developing a relationship. It's not a philosophy. You know, it's not all these rituals. I mean, you can do rituals until you fall over dead and you still might not be right with God. Satan, can, Satan knows the Bible. Satan can do rituals, but he's not right with God. You know, it's a matter of the heart. God's looking on the heart. And so if you want to know God, just do what I do. Start looking for him. The Bible says, seek and you shall find. You're going to find whatever you're looking for. So look for God and you'll find him. And then, you know, the relationship will develop naturally, just like any relationship does. Uh, But you have to relate to him. You have to talk. You know, you have to go to him about things. When I first got saved, I went to him about everything. I didn't even wear clothes. I didn't ask him. I'm not saying do that, but that's how, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was into it, you know. I mean, I I really wanted to hear from, I'll, let me tell you this too. Okay, sure. I, I was uh, obviously brokenhearted at one point, and uh, everybody was getting Valentine's on Valentine's Day, and I knew I wasn't going to get anything. Oh. And, and so I told God, I said, you know, I wish you'd send me a Valentine because I know you love me. And I tell you, my mother, this is what happened. Like that week, my mother worked at a grade school. She was the uh, school secretary. 
And she had introduced me to the maintenance lady there. There was a black lady there who was in charge of maintenance. And mom had introduced me to her because that black lady was a Christian. And so we were talking. And so what had happened is after I prayed that prayer with uh, about the Valentine, mom called me and uh, the black lady sent a Valentine home with her for me. And so I went and got it, and it was one of the homemade kind with the red paper and the doily. It was really pretty. Mm -hmm. And I opened it up, and it said, He that the Lord loves is not forgotten. Mm -hmm. She didn't know I prayed that prayer. I mean, that's the kind of stuff God does. It's just wonderful to know God. Mm. Well, here's a name that you'll also recognize out of live chat, Rose Renoff. Hi, Rose you say hello you said hello yes hi rose okay um now uh she looks like she, she's got a little preface there she's, she's, she's a little awful subject to talk about but uh what made you pull out of your, those suicidal thoughts uh what made you overcome it could you elaborate i at one time had suicidal thoughts too because of trauma that took place in my life. And by the way, Rose, that's that's as brave as these ladies coming on and telling their testimony, sharing that. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, what's interesting, and I want to say this here, I don't want to, I'm not, definitely don't want to interfere with the conversation, but uh, uh, Tro Pastor Tory Brewer last week, uh, he just uh, was really open with, like, sin that he's experienced or sin thoughts that, I mean, he, he wasn't hiding the fact that he's a man. He, he says, you know, I have testosterone, mm -hmm. I'm going to be doing man things and, you know, man, you know, these different things do things to us, but he, he wasn't hiding it. Like he's a holy man. So Rose, I appreciate you being bold enough to share that. So, uh, with that, uh, Kentucky girl, you, 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 you got somebody that would like to know a little bit more about that. Well, you know, um, uh, when the Lord, when I did decide to kill myself, um, and I heard a voice, I, I don't know how to explain it. You've probably felt the presence of God, you know, or like uh, Autumn said, you can. He almost feels like sometimes he hugs you or something. Um, when he spoke to me and he said to me, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I knew that the almighty God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one and only true God had just spoken to me. And he didn't want me to kill myself. And I knew that he also told me that he would give me, he would take care of me. It said, I shall not want. So I I had an absolute healing emotionally in, in that moment. But, you know, I tell people, I, I have a lot of clients, you know, who are who, who don't want to go on. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody, get, or most people get it that way once in a while. And I think that God really wants us to make it through the trials because when we go through trials, we build muscles like going to the gym. You know, it'll make you or it'll break you. And if you're a Christian, don't let it break you because you're going to come through. You're going to be a different person. You're going to be stronger. You're going to be better. You're going to be closer to God. You're going to be more powerful. You know, and another thing, even from my unsaved days, before I got saved, I, I had astral projection experiences. I was, I've had experiences being out of my body. I know, I know what it's like. I, uh, one day I, I woke up 
I thought I was awake. Uh, I got up in the night and I reached over to turn on the light and it wouldn't turn. The little switch wouldn't turn. I got aggravated. I thought, why won't it turn? And so I set up more. And when I set up more, I saw that I was still laying in the bed. Um, and then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm out of my body. So I went back to my body and I had to turn over because I was in my body backwards. And the only reason I'm saying that is I knew from those experiences, we are immortal beings. This, these bodies, we're in here. But if you kill yourself, if you do away with yourself, you're still going to continue to exist. And what kind of mess are you going to be in then? So now since I've gotten saved, I've no more been out of my body. Don't ever want to be until God takes me. But I'm just saying, I'm just sharing with you some information that I gained. And unfortunately, <laughs> but, but uh, we have to go on. And when the pain is so bad that you don't even want to live anymore, that's when you need to cry out to God because he said he's the healer of the brokenhearted. And he is. He can take one word from God and your whole life can change in, a, in an instant. Mm. Uh, Autumn has a kind of a follow-up question. It says, uh, so do you use your relationship with God to, to save people or lead them to God through your therapy, your therapist, you said. <laughs> I, I wish, but uh, the law does not allow it. I'm not allowed to mention God unless the client brings it up. Uh, it's terrible for me because I'm a lot of times talking to people and they've got terrible problems and and I know, you know, how they could get it fixed, but I can't tell them. So I pray for them. Uh, and I, I find frequently people do bring up the subject of God, and then I can talk to them. Mm. Mm. That kind of opens the door for you legally. Yeah. And also, you know, Scripture, you don't have to quote uh, the verse where it comes. You can use Scripture. You know, you can tell them, you know, that uh, God won't remember their sins anymore. He'll forgive them. He'll bear it in the deepest sea. They don't even know that Scripture. You know, it's just the truth. You're just telling them the truth, which just happens to be Scripture. Mm -hmm. so, it still has power. So, so you've been in New Age, involved with New Age type things. Yeah. Okay. So when I, I was a believer for sure. <laughs> okay. So, so when you see a guest that is in that sort of life trend, can you basically tell where they are, and can you tell that they're really close to coming out of it or you can you tell that they're really far away and it's going to take a lot of work are you able to perceive that where they're at well i feel like i can i mean who knows if it's accurate or not but i do yeah. i do think that um people that are into that you know they're thinking about those things i know i, I you know i was looking for god and of course that was on the trail i i heard somebody say one time they didn't believe in burning witches it was a waste of good matches you know, because they're they're they know there's something more than you know sitting in church and being bored to death the rest of your life. You know, they. I'm sorry, but that's what it was like for me. Oh, you know. But but now, I, so, I so 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 you're a Pentecostal now. You said. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. that didn't sound boring. No, it's not, and you know, I came from. Uh, my, everybody thought I was crazy. I still probably most of my friends would think I was crazy if they really knew everything I was thinking. But anyway, you know, because I really do believe in God and I really believe in the supernatural. And 
a lot of people are offended by that. I've had people be offended like I thought I was special or something, which, of course, it's the last thing I think, you know, because I think everybody should have all this. But um, what happened was interesting. When I got saved, I got saved watching Christian television because back then there was a lot of good stuff on TV. And um, But I wouldn't go to church anymore. I was like, forget that. And so uh, after a year, the Lord said, well, he told me I, I started feeling like he wanted me to go to church. So I went, you know, and I, I picked the only kind of church I knew, which was like the one I'd been in. And I went to church. And it was just everything I dreaded. And when I got out of church, I I kept saying to God, you have got to be kidding. You know, (laughs) why? You have got to be kidding. And I just, I was so disturbed because I knew he wanted me to go and I just couldn't understand why. And I didn't want to. So anyway, I, um, that week, again, my mother got a phone call from a relative. And it turned out he was also in a church like I had been in. And they kicked him out because he got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he was a deacon, and they kicked him out of the church. So he went to an Assembly of God church in Louisville, Evangelist Heaven, that was where he went. And they had 200 chapels around the city at that time, and they gave him one of those chapels, and he was trying to get people to come to church there. So he called Mommy, said, you know, because we're relatives, he said, will you all please come over? I didn't know what Assembly of God was. I'd never heard of it. So anyway, I... Mom asked me, I said, oh, my gosh. I said, okay, I guess I have to go because I knew God was probably in it. And I went, and oh, my gosh, was I happy. I mean, the worship was fabulous. That They didn't even announce the songs. It just went from one song to the next song. It was just, it was wonderful. People were getting healed. I'd ask God questions. I'd have a question about scripture or something. I go to church, somebody come up to me and start talking about it, give me the answer. They didn't know I'd ask the question. But I knew I would get the answer from somebody there because all these people were so serious with God, you know, and they were all hearing from God and stuff, and it was God everywhere, and, and the services would be over, and everybody would stay in the parking lot because they didn't want to go home. It, those were the good old days. It's not so much like that now. Everything seems to become ritualized after a while because of the humanity, the human spirit but anyway i could go on and on (laughs) well all right well hey we're right at the end end of it uh and uh, anything you want to say to the people in the live chat while you're on the line here maybe the people that don't know god what would you what would you say to those folks i would say to people who don't know god everything is true uh, that uh, god is real He's he's honest. Everything you're looking for in another person, it's in God. He's honest. He's faithful. He's able. He's willing. He's forgiving. There's nothing you've ever done that he isn't going to be willing to forgive you for. You you if you uh, there's there's a, people talk about blessing the Holy Ghost, but if you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, you wouldn't be looking to talk to God anyway. So uh, if you're interested in having your life, having a new beginning. Uh, The Bible says that when you come to Christ, old things are passed away and all things become new. And I'm telling you, that is the truth. But you have to be serious. You have to be sincere. And you have to uh, seek, just keep seeking him all the time. Develop a relationship. Just like if if you met somebody that was real good looking, you know, if you're a woman or if you're a guy, 
and you really wanted to get to know him and you'd be working on it. Well, you know, take that enthusiasm and use it to get to know God a little bit. <laughs> he, he is worth knowing. <laughs> okay. Hey, last last question. Let me get this in from Seven Mile Bridge. Uh, do you have a group of believers that you study the Bible with? Well, I, I don't have an actual group, but there are. We do seem to come together. There are people that we we pray for each other and we go to each other and we, okay. some, sometimes we study the Bible together. It's really hard lately, um, I, you know. And I don't want to. I sound like I'm copying out, but truthfully, um, witches and people who are Satanists literally send people into the churches and they go in there and they just you know they're the biggest christians you ever met and uh it's it's difficult to be in places like that a lot of the time um and a lot of people have kind of given up on it now a lot of people haven't but but our atmosphere now is so full of demonic activity and evil that it's just becoming more and more difficult to have large groups of Christians okay. get together. I don't know. Okay. Uh, we're entering into that time the Bible talks about. Mm. Well, Kentucky Garussi, you're already getting compliments, you and Autumn, for being so brave. And I don't think it was, uh, it was too bad, was it? I loved it. I've got hours more, you know. So. No, I, it wasn't bad. I was can scared, we, but. Can, can we hand you back on again sometime? That, that's, that, that's what I say. <laughs> It's sometimes it's oh, I love it, Daniel. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, Kentucky Girl, thanks very much for coming on the Edge broadcast, sharing your testimony. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. And I love you, Chatters. It's so nice to be able to say so. All right. All right. And I got that scripture up in the back there that I was talking to uh, Autumn about. I don't know if you can see it. It's right there. Uh, of Revelation 12:11, they overcame the blood of the Lamb by the word of their testimony, which both you and Autumn shared, and they loved not to, because you, because obviously you had to overcome a lot of things to do it, and so that's what you did. And so, uh, Kentucky girl, thanks so much for being on the show. My pleasure. All right, bye bye.